Welcome back to the Effort Over Everything podcast. I'm your host, Jason Kleep. On today's episode, we're going live with Noah Olson. We dive into Wadapalooza, coming off a win there, being on a team. We talk about training, diet, being a pro in CrossFit. And one of the questions I asked him, which I was really interested in his response was, should events be repeated at the CrossFit Games or should always be something new that comes up? Make sure to check out his response in this episode. Now, before we dive into it, I want to remind you, if you could leave us a rating or review, would appreciate that. Definitely would help to provide some feedback. We have new guests coming on the show on a regular basis. We're going to continue to put out incredible shows. I just thank you for taking the time to listen. Now let's dive into a great one with Noah Olson. Let's go. All right, the party has started with Noah Olson. How are you doing today, bro? You said you just got done training, and uh, I want to know, how is it? Uh, what'd you do? What'd you do today? What was your workout? What were your events? I got about a fourth of the way done with training so far today. Took a quick little break to chat with you. Might refuel myself and then get back after it. Um, this morning had some front squats and overhead squats, some strength work to kick things off. So this morning you say you're a fourth away in. So, you know, I mean, over there, uh, I mean, well, you're like midday, right? And so you start off a little bit later in the day and you've basically got in some strength work. And so what does it look like? So, okay, you got in some strength work. Now you're here with me. What's your next like kind of thing of the day? Yeah, today is actually a little bit more of a low key day, not like a crazy amount of stuff. So had some strength work in the morning, going back, have a little Metcon and I said four because, yeah, it was strength, a Metcon, um, some running stuff like change of direction, sprint work, and then finishing off with a little bit of shoulder rehab stuff and some bodybuilding, which Ooh. is the first time I've ever had that in my programming. I specifically asked Max for a little bit of like, look, Jack programming. And he said he would get it to me three days a week. I love it, dude. That's great. Well, hey, so for those of you who are just going to jump on, uh, we're live with Noah Olson. If you guys have any questions, make sure you put them in the comment section and we'll make sure to jump on them. But, uh, dude, so I know you got a lot of training going on today. Um, I wanted to ask you, what is, uh, you know, you just got off Wadapalooza, which was a really cool event. You and the boys. Uh, yeah, man. Way to blast. Win. So, you know, we were watching, I was on the Savon podcast and we were watching it and uh, we were talking about, oh, does he have a, any, um, desire to maybe go team at the CrossFit Games. And I think you said no, uh, but I wanted to see how was the experience going team at Wadapalooza and did that change your perspective at all? Because I know you've done, I mean, obviously a lot of us over the years, like do, do little team stuff here and there, but that was a pretty big competition and yeah. you guys won it. So did that change the way you felt about team at all? Yeah, man, I, I absolutely loved that weekend in particular. And team in general, I think, is something that I do have a strong desire to do eventually. It's uh, it's kind of a bummer that you have to pick and choose. I, I get that the season is designed to be one or the other, but um, I, I want to still win the CrossFit Games as an individual. Along with that, I want to have competed individually at the CrossFit Games for 10 years in a row. This is technically my ninth season. So two more at least, and then perhaps I'll be able to go team. Oh man. Yeah, dude. You sent me that throwback picture of you and I from like, I don't even know what that was. Maybe 2000, <laughs> what, 12, that, 13 or something like that. Um, that would have been 14, 13, I believe yeah. 13. Yeah. yeah. That, well, dude, coming up on uh nine, 10 years. And then, so, so you're, you're totally open to switching to team. So how was it? Uh, Travis, uh, Chandler, 
you guys had a stacked team, but there was a lot of other stacked teams at Wadapalooza. So, I mean, anything kind of throw you for a loop, anything a little bit different than what you're expecting there? Um, the, the dynamic in general was awesome between the three of us. We're already good friends. So it was just kind of like another bonding experience and opportunity for us. And I was talking to my coach Max about it this week. And he said, we were talking about how positive of an experience it was. And he said, of course, it was easy for it to be that because you guys were dominating. Like when you're winning, it's easy to have fun, which is definitely true. Like if we were in 10th place and not doing so well, maybe we wouldn't have had such fond memories of the event, but in general, yeah, we had a, a blast all together. Um, and Chandler probably has the most team experience out of the yep. three of us. And he was saying that oftentimes when a team picks up the worm for the first time, especially, or does a set of synchro pull-ups, there's a lot of this like discrepancy and things that you have to figure out and it kind of takes time. And I'm not kidding. I'm not just saying this. Obviously, I don't need to like build any false confidence because the event is already <laughs> over. But from the first time that we picked up the worm, every time we did it, super in sync, super easy. Like we would drop the worm. And the first time Chandler looked at both Travis and I, like he was shocked. And he was like, that never happens. It's usually way, way more off than that. So it was cool that we were able to pick up on that very quickly. And I think that allowed us to be able to just use our fitness and go full steam ahead. Dude, yeah, I was watching your guys' event with the worm, and so I've I've had some experience with the worm, and you're a hundred percent right. If you have a team and one person is off, it becomes like this wave effect, yeah. and you're totally screwed. Like you're in, but we you saw guys, a couple of people get like tackled by the worm almost. Yeah, because all the momentum pushes back. So that's cool. And then yeah. you guys didn't you guys didn't get on that object until right before the event. No, and they it was I don't think anybody had ever used it in the way that they had it at Wadapalooza it was actually a four person worm. So it was the length of a normal worm, but made for three people. So they put these like news crumpled up newspaper filler sections in there. So the weight was even more distributed in a, a strange, unfamiliar way to those guys that have done team before. Huh? So now is our Chandler, or are either one of them thinking about going team this year? Or are they both going individual? I spoke to Chandler a little bit about it after the event because he has a little bit more flexibility in terms of being able to move and live somewhere. I have been trying for years to recruit Chandler to live in Miami and train with me. Um, but he very, very seriously said he would consider it in the next couple of years if we were to try to put together like a games winning team that he might move to Miami and we could do that together. Dude, I love that. I, uh, yeah. I want to switch gears. And, and by the way, again, um, uh, for those of you joining live, this is a new thing that we're doing. And uh, if you have any questions, just put them in the comment box. But I wanted to ask you, so can you, I've been messing Real quick, Jake, can you see the, the comment section from where yeah. I'm looking at it? I don't see those. So if you see anything awesome, yeah, so for right example, at us. Andrea uh, oh, says, I just saw hi, from Italy. hi from Italy. Very yeah. cool. Okay, now so it's we'll, we'll, we'll keep them going. Um, but I wanted to ask you, you know, I've been playing with my diet a lot lately. And for the last 20 plus days, I've been only eating meat with a little bit of fruit. And huh. I found that my energy is pretty consistent. I'm feeling good. Now, I don't train at the volume that you train. But I'm wondering from a nutrition diet perspective, have you played with anything? And because right now your season's about to not ramp up. That's not the right way to look at it because, well, maybe, yeah, actually ramp officially up. Officially begin. Yeah, essentially. officially begin. So what is your nutrition like right now? And have you played around with like, pre-workout, not like supplements. I'm not talking about that, but like, what do you eat before you actually go in and train? And then do you actually eat something different from a heavy lift to a Metcon? I, I was just curious. Hmm. Yeah. 
So yeah, I've always wanted to, over the last decade, experiment with different types of diets. Like I've wanted to try a weak juice cleanse just because I'm curious how it would make me feel and what it would do for my body. But I've always been afraid to do that in the middle of our season. And I guess I could have probably taken windows of opportunity like post games until the open started to mess with that stuff. But I haven't done much experimentation. I, I would say traditionally my diet looks like generally healthy foods, you know, and my carb source is coming from your standard, like rice, potato, sweet potato, whatever. I'm eating some sort of lean protein, as many vegetables as I can. But then there's definitely stuff that I use to supplement in between to get like extra carbs and calories in there. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I don't mess with my like pre post-workout nutrition yeah. too much. I know you're supposed to be fueled with a lot of carbs kind of around that window. Um, I traditionally or typically have like a very big breakfast. I'll try to do that. I take my time in the morning. I'll eat like 150 to 200 grams of carbs for breakfast. And then I don't eat a lot throughout the day. I could go all day without eating and not even really notice. I'll have friends that come train with me and they're like, dude, we haven't had lunch or snack or anything. I'm starving. And I'm like, huh, I didn't even realize that. But yeah. uh, I'll big breakfast, big dinner, and then kind of snack and supplement in between is how I usually do it. Yeah. Hey, by the way, I just put up a, a banner. Ask your questions in the comments for either one of us. We'd love to dive into it now. So no, yeah. I mean, obviously nutrition. Yeah. It was interesting because I've been wearing um, like this glucose monitor. And so I've been playing around with oh, what cool. happens to my glucose when I exercise. And so I've been playing around with like eating a spoonful of honey before I work out uh, in huh. particular. <laughs> It's been, oh, it, it, it's been unique because I've seen my blood glucose spike so much. So I'll, I'll keep you posted on how that works. I yeah. don't have any definitive uh, answers right now. I'm just playing. Is that the stuff. thing where you like put a little patch in your arm? Yeah, I've been yeah. curious about that. I've seen that. Yeah, I actually, I actually put it on my stomach because uh, okay. my arm, instead of getting hit like in jiu-jitsu, uh, the stomach yeah. is a bit of an easier location. Um, cool. But I was just wondering, like from a nutrition perspective, you ever played with that? Because it's been something I've been thinking about that I had never really spent much time on when I was training for the games, but I was yeah. just wondering if there's something like, so you're, you're head to the games, you have, you know, you have an event at 12 o'clock. It, where is the window that you stop eating? Is it like 30 minutes before an hour before? Is it right before? What, what does that normally happen? I'm I kind of try to do the same thing at the games that I'll do on a day-to-day -day basis where I do try to have as big of a breakfast as I can. Cause I know during the games, we're going to be super busy and you never know when an event's going to pop up or how much time you'll have to warm up. So I'll try to get in as many calories as I can at the beginning and end of the day. And then during the day, um, yeah, I mean, like pre-events, you'll see actually, it's, it's probably surprising and I almost feel ashamed saying this, but you'll see a ton of people in the back eating candy and applesauce and like just things that are like very, very quick, simple sugars yeah. right before the event so that when you go out there, you've got that fuel in your system. Yeah, hundred percent. That's something I've I've been like the the glycogen storage has been something I've been interested in about replenishing yeah. it through those different types of uh of carbs. I um so I, I wanted to kind of switch gears a little bit because there was something that came up. I was I was watching the Wadapalooza event and I was talking to Savon about this and you guys went out for a swim if I'm not mistaken. I think uh, I don't know which team was out in front. Oh, it was the Australian team, and okay. the Australian team was out in front again. I, I'm not 100 correct, but I, I'm pretty sure it was them. And they ended up going a little bit of a different route than you guys did. And one of the things that I was noticing as I was watching this event is that being a judge or a volunteer or an athlete, it's, it becomes difficult because every event every year is always different. 
And so if yeah. you're a, a volunteer, right, and you're a judge, and they're having you do, I don't know, like the pig flip thing, but it's never been done before since someone does it a little bit differently. And then all of a sudden they need to change the rules. And so I'm wondering if in the future, do you see the sport of fitness ever getting to a point where there's like a set certain number of events that maybe the, the organizers choose from said so this way, it's not always reinventing the wheel on the movements and the, and the rules. I was just yeah. curious your thoughts there, because I'm sure you've seen it before. I know I have too, is that it's hard because sometimes the organizers don't know what's going to happen until it happens. But had right. that event occurred in years past, they might have known. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think in general, consistency in our sport has kind of lacked across the board in the last few years, right? Like every season, it seems like something's changing. So consistency in any regard, whether it's event by event or just in like season structure would be awesome. I've thought in the past, people have talked about CrossFit being in the Olympics, right? And I feel yeah. like if that were ever to be a possibility, there would need to be, like you said, some sort of definitive structure where my vision is just as a off the dome example, like you set that it's going to be a three or four day competition, right? Every year it's going to be that say it's four days every year. It's a four day competition. And you know that every year on day one, there are going to be three events and one is going to be a strength-based event. One is going to be an endurance event. One is a mixed modal event. And then on day two, it's a similar, so that even within that structure, you can still play with the movements, the rep schemes, the weights and stuff, but at least from a fan and athlete perspective, there's something that they can look forward to expect, train for, be prepared for. I think that would be cool because there's still some element of unknown and unknowable, but also gives everybody a little bit of consistency to know what to look out for. Yeah. I think you're, I think, I think we're, the sport is still really young and I'm curious how it'll continue to evolve. Um, yeah. I think that's a way of looking at it. Um, by the way, for those of you who are on, uh, watching us live, uh, really appreciate your guys' comments. Make sure to keep, uh, hitting us up with those. Um, I'm going to go ahead and show Kevin, Kevin asks, what up, Kevin? yeah, what do you miss most about competing for me? Uh, what I miss most, I missed, um, I missed the feeling of achievement, um, that like, when you stand on the podium or when you, when you finish an event, that moment of like euphoria that you put in all this hard work and it came to fruition, uh, like the way Noah probably felt with Wadapalooza, for example, I miss those moments. I, I also miss the training moments that he's probably having right now where you're with a group of people that are a shared interest, shared vision. And whether you're individual or on a team, you're, you're, you feel like you're building towards something. So I, I miss that. And I miss the moments where, you really put it all out there. You got uncomfortable and you achieved your goal. Um, what do I not miss? Well, there's, there's a lot of things I mm -hmm. don't miss about it, but those are the moments that I'll remember forever. Like, um, you know, th that's what I miss. So how, how can I, I ask you, Jason, in, the middle in, that of, yeah. same, in that same regard though, for you, it's, it's interesting. Cause I'll be in your shoes eventually having retired from the competitive aspect of CrossFit those positive moments of accomplishment and standing on the podium or post event like that euphoria feeling, would you say that? Cause those don't always happen, right? It'd be nice if that's no. how every event ended, but that's not the case. Do those positive memories for you overshadow? And that's like immediately where your mind goes to the more so than the negative ones where you maybe didn't perform well, or you blew up or whatever that may be. Yeah. You know, it's funny here. I am a couple of years out from, from being retired from the sport. And I almost think about it similar to like life. Like when you look back on like your life's memories, 
you you remember like moments of like euphoria, like big moments in your life, like something yeah. really beautiful happened. You got engaged, you got married, whatever. And you remember a lot of the positives about it, but a lot of the negatives, right? You have a tendency to like kind of leave behind and forget. That same mm-hmm. thing I think happened with me with my training. So like for me at the games, I remember a lot of the positives and you have a, I have a tendency to leave behind some of the negatives. Like for example, my wife and I used to have a lot of, I don't want to use the word conflict, but challenges because we're trying to balance family, business, yeah. and competing. But I don't remember those moments of like struggle. I only remember what it felt like being back on the podium in 13 and 14 and being there with my kids. So as you get further and further away, I have a tendency to remember a lot more of the positive things and kind of leave behind some of the negative things. That's That's been my experience. Yeah, no, that's good to know. And it's funny as well. I'm sure you've had this experience when those negative memories do pop up and they can be so powerful in the moment that you almost think that you'll never forget them. For me, like in 2020, when we had the quarantine games at the ranch, yeah, that, that final event um, at Atlanta, when I was out on the run, I was in the lead of that event. And if I had, if I had won that event, I would have gotten onto the podium in third place. And I just like, my body fully shut down on me on like the last 800 meters of the run and Matt ended up passing me. And I like for a few weeks could not fall asleep because I was just reliving that and thinking like, what could I have just made myself grit through it and run a little faster? Like what could I have done to just have finished that run and won that event and got on the podium? Like how my life is never going to be the same and blah, blah, blah. Like I was literally losing sleep over it. And now I don't think about it ever again. Like I'm sure every now and then it'll pop up, but it's not something that dominates my mind. Yeah. That's, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. The positive moments definitely have stuck with me and the moments were like, you feel like you're a part of a a group that was going through shared suffering. So like, Mm -hmm. like there was a few moments on a bus. uh, I'm sure you've had these two where like we were going as a group to this, to this unforeseen location and we were about to go do some like really difficult things, but you're sharing that moment in a bus the, where the tension you could like cut with a knife. Those are mm-hmm. moments that I also remember a lot of um, because yeah. at that moment, like you had to come together and say, Hey, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to do this. And uh, it, I don't know, reflect on it. That, that's cool, man. You know, it's like yeah, getting comfortable sure. with the uncomfortable, you know? Um, Speaking yeah. of moments with people and having done team, if I remember correctly, you guys were all set to do team one year and then something happened where you like the, what, what, what was that situation back in the day? Cause you didn't end up competing at the games on a team. Did you? Yeah, we did. So what happened is you in, did. Yeah. In 2015, we went team with and our NorCal team, like smashed. Oh, I, mean, bro, I remember we, we won regionals by a landslide. It was great. And then we get to Miranda the game. got hurt, right? That's right. And yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. we're doing super, super well all weekend. And then basically the final day, if I'm not mistaken, or, or maybe Saturday night or something of that nature, uh, Miranda got hurt and, yeah. um, we ended up taking 10th. Uh, but I think we would have done a lot better had that not even happened. like but, missing one teammate. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. But looking back on it, you know, like I, you know, it's, it's easy to look at some things in life at the moment. And all I cared about was winning at that moment. All I cared about yeah. was winning. And yeah. there were some things that I did and some things in my mind that looking back on it, it just was like, dude, we had someone tear their ACL. Like that was a major injury. Like it was what it was. But at the moment I just wanted to be like, yeah. no, we can keep competing. We can keep doing it because you're so yeah. caught up in winning. Um, 
that definitely transformed that. some things uh, for me moving forward. And then mm-hmm. shortly after that, you know, Ava got sick. So it was kind of all, you know, I don't know if it was meant to be, but all of us kind of ended up pivoting and doing different things after that. Yeah. I just saw on your Instagram, I think yesterday, Ava has like one more treatment and then she's completely cancer free. Yeah. So one more year. That's so amazing, what it is. Dude. Good, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like uh it's funny how this works. Um, you know, we have Ava's kitchen, which is a major fundraiser that my wife really champions. It's this weekend yeah. coming up big, big weekend awesome. for us. And, um, yeah. And she, Ava is, um, almost four years, um, out of, uh, out of treatment. It'll be four years in March. So next month. And after five years, they consider you cured. So, but it's kind of like putting money in the bank. You know, the way this goes, right? You, you put in a dollar and then over time it compounds. It's the same idea. Every month that we get away from her treatment, the more she is uh, unlikely to to relapse. So yeah, man. uh, It's all good in that sense. Yeah, Um, for sure. Switching gears a little bit. um, Carlos is asking, in a more consistent competition environment, how would you want or expect to see new movements included? So this is an interesting question, Carlos. Mm. Thank you for asking it. What do you think about that, uh, Noah? I mean, do we even need to see new movements or yeah. no? Yeah, and I, I mean, if Carlos is asking it in a way that when they introduce a new movement or a new piece of equipment, sometimes like in the case of the pig, I think the first year that they ever brought it out, they didn't let any of the athletes touch it or get exposure to it until the competition started. And I know some people thought that was awesome because you have to adapt on the fly. Some people disagreed with that because then it made people look silly because they couldn't figure it out. So um, I I don't know. I don't have like a super solid opinion on that. I think as an athlete, I usually have the desire when something gets announced, I'm like, man, how can I figure out a way to get my hands on that or replicate that so I can practice it as much as I can before the competition happens. Um, but I, I do, I, I have to say, I think it is kind of cool to be able to throw something at us and see how quickly we can adapt. Cause sometimes that can be really impressive to figure it out on the fly like that. Yeah. I mean, Carlos, I, I see this question going a few ways. One way is I think it's great to see the athletes adapt on the fly. For example, I competed at the rogue invitational a couple years ago and we had to climb ropes with a ruck on. I hadn't yeah. really done that. I'd done versions of it, but I hadn't done it with a backpack on and it definitely switched it up. Like you couldn't lean back as far because otherwise the backpack would just <laughs> take you over. I right? remember that. Yeah. That's right. Crazy. You had to be more vertical. Right. And so that was cool. But I also think this idea is like, as the sport of CrossFit evolves, I think it's really important to make it spectator friendly and for the spectators to feel like they're kind of like bought in, they can kind of see what's going on and mm. to put the athletes in the best position to thrive because when yeah. they're thriving, the sport grows. And when they feel like a fish out of water, maybe they're not thriving as much. So I think there's a double edge to this. One is testing for fitness. The other is where's is the sport going to be five years from now? Are we constantly going to be trying to create new movements? Or are we going to say, Hey, this is the movement bank right. and let's watch these athletes, you know, like how cool would it be to be able to set world records at events that are sanctioned yeah. and be able to compare to people from 10 years ago. Um, I think that would be fun. Yeah. I, I like that idea. And I could see both sides of it. Like if you had this pool of movements and that was it, they're never going to introduce another new one. People could maybe eventually be like, all right, this is kind of boring. Like I've seen everybody do that a handful of times. I get it. And then there is the side of things where it's like, you could really go all in on that and actually see some people push the limits of what's possible if they're able to use the same stuff over and over. So 
I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is, but whatever it is, as long as I'm still doing it, I'm going to play by the rules and do the best that I can with it. That's right. That's right. And Carlos, you know, you're asking, you're bringing up another question, you know, more so the freestanding handstand pushups, things like that. I think that allowing athletes to have exposure to them ahead of time, I think is good so that they look like when they actually get on TV, when they're actually yeah. out there performing, you know, you, you want these guys to look like gladiators and gladiator, you know, the, the, you know, you want them to look <laughs> great. Yeah. The, the yeah. female male, you want them to look excellent. And so I think that's just something that, that CrossFit as a professional sport is going to have to think about moving forward um, yeah. and finding that balance. Um, hey, by the way, Milo says, what's up, lads? From, From New, New Zealand. Zealand. Hell yeah. What's up, yeah. Um, hey, uh, you know, Raid, uh, Reed, excuse me, has a question. Hi from New Zealand. How much running do you put in your training? I used to be an endurance runner and now do CrossFit. I could hardly run now. Um, you were talking about hitting some endurance later on. How many, what, what do you, what does your running look like? Yeah, I, similar to you, work with, or similar to what you used to do. I'm not sure what your relationship is with him now, but Chris Hinshaw has been doing some of my endurance stuff recently. And he had me on a plan where I was running twice a week in a, a different format. One was kind of like your traditional track session where you're going out and doing intervals, a little bit more high intensity, short duration. And then another day later in the week was kind of long, slow, easy, just building that volume tolerance and distance. Um, was that similar to what yours looked like back in the day? Yeah, same, similar idea. I'm so happy you're working with him, man. He's, he's the best. Yeah, he's I awesome, huh? Yeah, I love training with him. And, and he, made, he made training fun, which was really a, a, a big change for me. Um, yeah. Speaking of training, that's fun. I, I got another question for you. So, you know, there was this thing on Morning Chalk about uh, athletes not getting paid for T-shirts, which, whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm what neutral I'm also. What, what's that? I said I'm neutral on that as yeah. well. Like, no strong right. opinion either way. But, but I think it brings up a bigger question. Yes, okay. Should athletes get paid for T-shirts their names on at the games? Sure. But it's going to be a fraction. It's not going to be like we're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars here. You know, maybe you're right. talking about a few thousand dollars if it's a percent of sales of their T-shirts. So my, my question would be, how does the sport continue to evolve as pro athletes? You know, you're sponsored by Gymshark. You have several, several other uh, sponsorships. Um, you know, Chandler signed a cool deal with Puma, which I thought was really cool. They did a donation. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I love that too. Yeah, but I'm wondering, you know, your Gymshark deal, your other deals, obviously they're providing for you, but you've also been at the top of the sport for a very long time. How do you think it's going to bridge this gap? Like, how are the new guys going to come in and be able to make any money? Because you're saying you're training four times today, right? You probably spend probably six hours a day, I imagine, either training or thinking about training or your whatever, like your recovery. Yeah. How do right. people balance that and work and then eventually become good enough to become a pro in CrossFit? Where is what's going to happen in the future as a pro CrossFitter? That's a good question. And I, I wish I knew the answer. I think if we knew the answer, hopefully we'd be implementing it and people would be making a lot more money. But honestly, to be transparent, I would say a majority of the money that I make as a CrossFit athlete does come from my partnerships, from my sponsors, thankfully. Because um, competitively, you know, it all comes down to your performance. And I've had some years that I've performed very well. The year that I took second at the games, I think it was maybe 50-50 between the money that I made from the games and what I made from sponsorships. Even then, I don't really think it was. It was still more sponsorship than it was competition prize money. So 
CrossFit as an organization, I don't know what it, it is that they could do to be providing more for the athletes. I know that it's a big topic of conversation now, like maybe providing money for travel and not having the um, entry fee into competitions just to take that burden away from the athletes and help them make more money. Um, and I honestly, I hope that come up with ways to make it happen. The ecosystem, obviously CrossFit created the sport that brought in the brands that are providing for the athletes, but for some more money to be coming directly from CrossFit, I think would be huge and make us as athletes feel like the sport's a little bit more professional. Yeah. I don't know if more money is going to come from CrossFit to the athletes because I don't know if it's actually been a profitable endeavor yet. You know, up yeah. until when it was sold, I know the games was probably a loss on most years, I would imagine. But mm. it's also a great marketing tool. So I don't know if CrossFit is going to come in and try and pay the athletes more. I don't know. Um, yeah. But hopefully, you know, my bigger goal for CrossFit would be get more people involved from a spectator perspective. Because the more people that are involved from a spectator perspective, the more interest there are from brands. And the more yeah, interest there are from the brands, the more money there becomes for the athletes. But right. I, I'm, I'm really curious what's going to happen. You know, I, I think like, you know, you got Monster coming in. I think it's great. Like, look, get the athletes paid. People can feel what they want about Monster and they could drink it if they want or not. But ultimately, we want to be able to see these athletes be able to survive so they can go out there and go perform and put on a show for us as spectators. That's At least that's yeah. my position on it. The monster yeah. thing is interesting too. There's obviously been a, a lot of feedback this past week. Yeah. And I, I just want to share that for most people, honestly, the monster thing was not just the money play for myself and a lot of the other athletes. I, I know that is definitely a big benefit for the sport of CrossFit to have a billion dollar brand like monster come in and be involved. So for sure, that is a beneficial aspect, but the conversations with the people that work with the monster team that we've had are formulated around developing a product that makes more sense for our community. Right. So they're uh, not necessarily just saying, Hey, we're a huge brand. We're just going to come in. You have to drink our drinks and that's what it is. Like they're definitely open to us coming up with something that has maybe fewer ingredients and maybe a little bit less caffeine or whatever it may be that suits the training of CrossFit athletes. So I think that will be something that hopefully gets people's buy-in a little bit more down the road. Yeah, man. I think that, you know, um, I used to come up in the action sports world. So I used to, you know, race BMX mm. and whatnot and monster became nice. big there and same with like Red Bull and stuff. But what I saw was that they created an ecosystem. They created opportunities for the athletes. They, they brought more brands. They brought more notoriety. Totally. They, 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 it, it's, it's good for the overall ecosystem and people can yeah. choose if they want to drink or not drink. And if they don't want it with the caffeine, the other, uh, whatever, then great. Maybe you'll come out with something in the future or maybe you could drink their water, but I don't know. I think, I think immediately like shunning it. Um, I think I, yeah. you know, let's see what happens with it. I think ultimately I just want to watch the athletes like you and the sport continue to grow. And you're going to get some sponsors that come in that maybe don't align perfectly. Hell, when I won the CrossFit Games, one of the major sponsors was Panda Express. Dude, it came. <laughs> I saw that recently. You know, yeah. it came in for a little bit and it left. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what happens. A uh, shout out to uh, Antonio. Hello from Ecuador. Um, how important do you think it is coaching for elite? How important do you think is coaching for elite athletes? What do you think about that, uh, Noah? I mean, how involved is your coach today? compare uh, aside from like programming and whatnot actual yeah. like movement and things of that nature what's up antonio thank you for that question um i think 
that at the stage of being a competitive athlete that I am in, the one-on-one -on -one coaching is probably not as important. You know, I think the first couple years of learning all the movements, that was when I needed the eyes on me to figure out all the ways to be in better positions and move more efficiently. Now that I've got most of that stuff dialed in, I think the benefit that I get from my coach is the programming, is the accountability, is the mindset stuff. Um, so even like on a competition weekend, like at the games, I personally am like a very hands-off athlete. I know some people are very dependent on their coaches, but I kind of, I'll check in with him at the beginning of the day, He's like chat over a plan for the day and whatever the events are. He's like, you're good. I'm, like, I'm good. I'll see you after and kind of do my thing. But, um, I do think that if you are wanting to be a competitive athlete in the sport of CrossFit, it, I, I think it's beneficial and important to, be able to get some coaching up front to do all those things that I said, like make sure you're moving the right way, make sure you've got a, a plan and structure of training that makes sense. I think you can get great by just like taking classes and making up your own workouts with your friends. You're still going to get fit by doing that. But if you want to be super competitive, I think you need somebody that can figure out what exactly you need to be the best that you can. For sure. For sure. Um, no, I thank you for that question and, and welcome from Ecuador. If anybody else has any more questions, please jump them in. I wanted to, um, you know, kind of switch gears briefly. Um, uh, I, someone asked, uh, where'd you get information on what foods you should or shouldn't eat on the carnivore diet? I, I basically just looked up, I was going off this animal based, uh, if you do this, I could actually share my screen here in a second, but long story short cool. for me, what I found was that I, uh, I was looking for a diet to re to remove some inflammatory components of maybe like what my diet was, you know, I'm sharing my screen right now. So if cool. you just Google animal based diet and toxicity, basically what I did was I looked up in here, um, do grass fed meat, uh, you know, grass fed organs, et cetera, et cetera. And let less toxic plant foods like fruit, squash, and honey. So that's what I've been personally going off of. And I've been avoiding basically all the nightshades, all the legumes, things of that nature with the intention mm. of just trying to meet some fruit. And the theory is from an evolutionary perspective. And again, I, this is just something I'm trying is yeah. that, you know, leafy greens, nightshades, they're, they're, um, essentially their, uh, mechanism uh, to not get eaten, I imagine, because animals could pick up and run and fruit wants to actually be eaten and then disperse. They maybe had small, 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 small amounts of in inflammatory components in their leaves, et cetera, for mm. these animals to then not desire them as much. And so what I'm trying is removing gluten, removing dairy, removing any food that might have a slight inflammatory response and seeing how I feel. So far, like I said, I'm 22 days in, uh, Triona uh, Mills, and I'm feeling really good. That all being said, I'm going for another 18 days and I don't see myself doing this indefinitely. I want mm. to get back my muffins that my daughter makes. I want to get mm. back into, you know, not going out to a restaurant and feeling like I have to, you know, just eat meat. I want to have a variety, but for the time being, I feel really good and it's grown my awareness of how I feel. So Jay, was there something in particular that sparked your desire to try that? Like I know you said you wanted to remove inflammation. Was it just that in general or anything that like took the switch for you? 
Yeah, so it was actually, it was two things. One, it was uh, when I walked down the stairs of my house, I was finding that my knees were always in pain. I had to walk oh. sideways. And so oh, wow. my kind of like gauge for is this working was that now I could walk down straight. I'm also doing additional like quad smashing and stuff like that. But so I'm feeling like my joints feel better, but it was also like gut health. So from a, from a gut health perspective, like I used to have to like incorporate all types of like wheat cereals and things like that to feel, you know, good. I don't have to yeah. worry about that anymore after um, 22 days. So it's, it's been good for me. I'll continue to report back uh, how that feels in another 18 days. I also got blood work the other day, Noah. Uh, have you had your blood work taken recently? Recently, no. And somebody else was just saying that they were pretty surprised by that. I've done it before, but not consistently. And it's something that I should maybe go get checked up on. Dude, I'd be really curious what your blood work looks like. So I got mine done on Friday and uh, today's Monday. I'm, I'm excited to see what it looks like and report back to people like, hey, I've been on carnivore-ish for 20 days and this is what it looks like. And if it looks like shit, I'll be yeah. open about it, <laughs> you know, and, and change the <laughs> yeah, things Yeah, you're not up. being paid. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Hey, Walter says, hi from Argentina. What's up, Walter? Walter. Hola, amigo. Hey, man. So, dude, tell me about what's on the agenda now, getting ready for the open. Um, right now, we're, we're basically opens a couple weeks away. I'm not quite sure how many people are going to participate in it. I, I, I don't know. But for you, it's almost irrelevant. Whether it's 100,000 or 400,000, you know that the, the, the big hitters, the people that are going to be tough for you to, you know, I'm not saying to qualify. I'm saying just like you want to put up a good placing. They're all yeah. going to be there, right? All the normal yeah. people, the, you know. Justin Madero's, the Cole State, whoever. So what is your mindset right now going into the Open? Yeah, I mean, it's, that's evolved over the years where I used to want to just win everything, right? You step into a competition and you want to just dominate, and it's a good feeling. Win, um, win, win, win. Yeah. Exactly. Yep, that was the theme song. And <laughs> I, I feel like I got a handful of wins. I won the Open once, and that was super cool. But then, honestly, the – thing that flipped the switch for me was that that year that I won the open I think was my lowest performance at the CrossFit Games and I had to reflect back and think do I care about winning the open or do I care about winning the CrossFit Games and I care much more about the games because that's kind of the ultimate final test you know that's the Super Bowl for us and that's what everybody remembers that's what goes down in the history books and so I had to shift my mindset away from that and try to treat the open as a, a qualifying process only, you know, I'm going to put my best effort into each workout, but I'm not necessarily killing myself to win the open. I just want to be able to qualify, take some notes, learn from many that are what the ultimate goal is at this point. Nice. And then, so, so this year, correct me if I'm wrong from the game season, I, I, I apologize. I mean, it's just changed so much, but you have yeah, the open, was, you have like a, I might not even know the answer. Yeah. Do you have an open quarter semi and then the finals? Is that the way it works? Yeah. So as of this year, I actually just saw Justin Berg down at Wadapalooza. He's taken over and uh, is the general manager or director of the games, I think is his title now. Yeah. Um, he said that this year they're keeping everything to be able to give athletes at least two years right now before they end any major change. So it will be open. And then quarterfinals, which can both be done kind of at your gym. And then semifinals will be kind of what regionals used to be, like the in-person qualified event for the game. And then the games will be as they've always been in the summer in person. I think this is the last year in Matt.
Yep. Last year, Madison, your phone, so, break, your phone is breaking up a little bit, but I, I caught the gist, you know, I'm sorry about yeah. that. No, it's okay. yeah, You got the quarter, you got the semi, you got the last year in Madison. I don't know where it's going to go after this. Uh, Tomer, yeah. I, I hope I'm saying that right. Says, do you have any plans yeah. to visit uh, Israel? The CrossFit community here is amazing. I, I know for a fact, the community there is amazing. Uh, have you been? Plans? I haven't been there, but I've gotten reached out to you and we have some gyms that utilize our programs there that are like the salts are, cool. they're amazing. They're great people. Um, what, uh, do you have any plans to go to Israel at all? Yeah, man, I would love to. We actually have some friends that go to our gym here that are from Israel. And one of my sponsors, the guy that runs the Wadproof app, his name is Adam Grinker. He lives in Israel. He's from there. And he, like you said, salt of the earth, one of the best people that I know. So sweet. So at some point, yes, I would love to make it over to Israel, but it hasn't happened yet. So fingers crossed. Dude, I love the international approach on this uh, this podcast we're having right now. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. I think, dude, I'm fired up for for the games. I'm fired up for the open. I, I I'm really looking forward to watching you go out there and and kind of leaving it all online, right? And 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 working towards that that ten year. Um, but you know, you're that. not just an athlete, right? I, I like to look at you as an entrepreneurial. You have these great sponsorships. You get your family. Um, what else is going on in your life right now that are that are major focuses or, or priorities aside from just getting ready for the open? I mean, I know you're probably tunnel vision, want to make sure you perform well, but there's got to be other things that you kind of spend your time. What's what's what are other things that you're you're kind of into lately that maybe don't people don't know about, like cryptocurrency? Are you into that or mm -hmm. other stuff? I'm, I'm just yeah, yeah. Well, I got, I got a little bit, got like ah, uh, you know, devil point eight of a bitcoin in there. But yeah, man, it's, it's, I appreciate saying that I definitely do want to be looked at as more than just an athlete. And it's tough to find that balance over the years though, because I want to be focused on trying to win the games. Cause I know that's going to give me my best chance at accomplishing that. But there also are these cool ideas and, and opportunities that I want to give myself to that at times I've had to put on the back burner or say not yet. Um, so for the most part, my focus is on training for the games, being the best athlete in the world at, at that. But obviously I have all these awesome partnerships with brands, some really cool projects coming up with some of them. And in addition, my own personal brand, the Happy But Hungry thing, that has kind of been on the back burner for the last couple of years. Um, that definitely is going to be something that you see kind of revitalized, brought to the forefront a little bit more. Um, I've got I've got some cool stuff coming that I, I hate to be that guy, but I'm technically not supposed to share about yet. But um, as much as I can find that balance between training full time, but also just having a more positive impact on the world, you know, inspiring people to live happier, healthier lives. I want to be able to invest in projects like that and share with everybody. Dude, I can't wait to see these projects come up. And, um, you know, if you're ever out here in California, we got to make sure we get in a training session. I'm nowhere near Absolutely. No in shape, but I, you know, I, uh, I can still Dude, lift a barbell or two. It's crazy to hear you say that. That makes me laugh because you used to be like a superhero to me. And obviously you still are, but like you guys, man, as a kid watching Jason Kalipa, Rich Froning, Chris Bueller, Tommy Hackenbrook on YouTube, like, it's nuts that we're now peers and having this conversation. It's cool the way that the world works sometimes. Dude, well, we got to continue to have you on. We got to continue to have these live shows. I think it's a great way to engage, to hear from people. Yeah. Um, you know, as we're, as we're getting ready to kind of wrap up the show, if you guys have any additional questions, make sure you hit us up in the comments. Saw some other ones. We'll definitely get to another time when you're on the show. I think, I think, uh, 
you know, I, I like these. Um, essentially, where the podcast is starting to trend is having like repeat people on so that we could actually talk cool. about something and then follow up on it like a month or two later. Um, oh, I, I like think that. there's a lot of because I get questions from people who said, Oh, I heard from Noah that he's doing this. You know, for example, you're talking about these cool things that are coming up. Well, a month or two from now, maybe some of those are coming to fruition and we could talk right. more about them. So, um, dude, I really I appreciate that. your time. Uh, I know you got to get back out to training. Um, for if people are interested in, you know, finding out more, you know, uh, about the, your brands, your, your, your training, uh, where can they go find you at? Yeah, I think Instagram is as silly as that sounds. That's kind of the primary means of sharing anything these days. So I know your tag is down there in the corner. Mine is at N O H L S E N. Most of my stuff that I'm doing is pretty current and active on there. I appreciate all the love and support and following. It's awesome. Dude, I love it, man. Well, hey, I appreciate all you guys jumping in. I really appreciate you guys doing it, especially from all around the world. Um, oh, hey, Ju uh, Julian says, hey, oh, bets for 22.1. What is what is the movement? What is your bet? Dude, it's crazy that we're already on 22.1, right? It's kind of, I like that they have the numbers in front of it because you can see how far we've come. But I remember like 12.1 and 13.1. So it's been a long time. Yeah, but, what, uh, what, what movement do you, you think? I, I think we're going to see burpees. Yeah, yeah. I this, Isn't this the year that they said that they want to keep it like even more simple? I think I had a dream the other day, honestly, because I have this thought <laughs> and I don't know where it came from that the open was like bare bones, basic air squats, push-ups, burpees, stuff like that. So I don't know. Maybe that's a dream that'll come true. We'll see. Dude, I... uh uh, I saw the workout list. I don't know. I, I doubt I'm going to end up doing the open. I might just dabble in it, but I saw the, yeah. the list of equipment. There is, there is a list now, dude. It's yeah. so funny. Uh, I'll, the first, I think it was 2010. I might've been my first open announcement. might've been the first open announcement. It was me and Chris clever at the, at the tennis stadium. And yeah, I remember that. Dude, it's just so funny because we're there and it's like underneath the lights. And so Dave made us wait till super late. And so we start the mm -hmm. workout. And Dave's all dramatic, you know, like, oh, you know, he didn't tell us to work out. Classic and Dave. So Dave. Dave's my judge. And he's like, he's like, you know what? As he's judging, he's like, we need some music. So he's on his phone and he just puts on like no speaker. Miscount no nothing. your reps. Oh, dude. He's just like puts on Linkin Park or something and puts his phone <laughs> down. Like it's going to play music in the anyways. It's just that's, yeah, my, that's my, awesome. my memory was like, that's when that's back so in cool. the day and here we are. 12 years later, 13 years later, and how it's evolved. I don't know what they're going to do this year, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'm, I don't either. I might be one of the athletes doing one of the demos. We'll see. But Woo! You know, all right, following hey. your footsteps, big guy. Hey, man, keep making it happen. Keep crushing it. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Noah, we really appreciate your time, your insight, and congratulations again on your Wadapalooza performance. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you all.